You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to Beyond Synth. My name is Andy Last, and this is episode 272. Now, I would like to acknowledge today's episode is slightly shorter than usual, but that's because I am uh, committed to making a two-hour weekly show, and uh, the family show uh, a few weeks ago was three hours, and last week's Sunglasses Kid episode was uh, like 245 or 247 or something, so I'm just evening it out here, spreading the workload so that I can work on Andy's spaceship and get everything done because obviously producing three-hour shows takes more time. But that doesn't mean it won't be a good show. I have a quick catch-up today with Roxy Drive, who is going to tell us all about her new podcast that she wants you to check out. And then I have a quick chat with Acid Arcade, all right? And we got some stuff to talk about. We got some cool songs to listen to. So let's get to that. Now, you know I don't often play covers on this show, but uh, I have one here that uh, that was cool. It's by The Textiles, and it is a cover of uh, the Tom Petty song, Learning to Fly. And what I like is when people do covers that really do transform a song. And to be honest, when I first heard it, I didn't even clue in that it was a cover. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is, you know, lyrically and stuff. Anyways, uh, I think it's cool and uh, you should dig it. This is The Textiles with Learning to Fly. Oh 
And that was Learning to Fly, a Tom Petty cover by The Textiles. And that's a cool track that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, of course, the Kings of the Pattersons. All right, we're talking about John Masari, Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. You guys are all pretty cool guys. Now, a bunch of stuff happened last week. So, first of all, Mortal Kombat trailer dropped. Uh, If you want my opinion, because you know I love Mortal Kombat, Kombat, I think the movie looks okay. I mean, look, let's be real here. Mortal Kombat is not Shakespeare, so if you have it where the characters actually look like the characters from the game and they're using their superpowers and if the fights are well choreographed, that will literally be 90% of the battle, right? So from what I can tell from that trailer, the characters look like the game characters. I mean, I think, well, they're Sub-Zero and Scorpion. They're sort of taking it more from the more modern interpretations of the characters, but I mean, they still, it's still Sub-Zero and Scorpion, and uh, Liu Kang's throwing his fireball, and Kung Lao has the hat. I mean, I'm a simple man, you know? Now, I I know that uh, Kano doesn't have the eye plate, but he does shoot a laser, because you see him do that, so my prediction for the film, we'll see if I'm right, is he has the implant under his skin, and during the course of the movie, he's gonna get, like, his face punched in to the point where it reveals the metal, so instead of it being an implant on the surface, of his face, it's actually below his head, and then he's going to be injured, and it's going to reveal the the metal plate. So that's my prediction for the film. And yeah, so I think it looks fine. I mean, let's be real here, right? We're talking about a franchise that also includes the film Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is one of the worst things ever made, which I've seen way too many times, and uh, Mortal Kombat the TV show, which is a very guilty pleasure of mine, but is still a ridiculous thing. And I uh, watched this video on IGN where the director of the movie breaks down the trailer and from what it sounded like the dude actually knows Mortal Kombat like he was dropping references to the games and stuff and so at the end of the day that's more than you know the people who made Mortal Kombat Annihilation like you know nobody on that team cared about Mortal Kombat I bet you the director never even played the game. Like, you know, like, no one gave a shit. And the same with the TV show, too. Like, maybe some of the writers, you know, knew some of the characters, like, visually what they look like and stuff. But I don't think anyone ever cared about the mythology or whatever. So, you know, I've learned 
in my life to not get too hyped up for trailers because there have been some amazing trailers in the past that have led to very disappointing films. So uh, I'm going to remain consciously optimistic. And if it sucks, it sucks. Most likely scenario, it will be fine. You know, like a lot of movies now, you just sort of put them on and watch them. And when it's over, it's like, okay, it doesn't become one of your favorite films and you don't go out to own it, but you mildly enjoyed it while it was on. That's probably what it's going to be. Or maybe it'll be the best movie ever made. Who knows? Anyways, look, let's listen to more music and uh, and then we'll talk some more. I've got some other stuff to talk about. So I want to listen to this track. It's by Popcorn Kid featuring Lau. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're talking about Jose Arbello, the king of hell, Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend, and City Hunter, the coolest kid in town. And now uh, let's listen to this. This is Popcorn Kid featuring Lau with Free Forever.
And that was Free Forever by Popcorn Kid featuring Lau. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We have a new patron this month. I'm, of course, talking about Mike Erdahl in the 56.66 Club. Thank you so much for supporting the show, dude. Uh, He wrote me a letter, so I'm just going to read it. He says, Andy, wanted to express my sincere gratitude for all that you do to produce the Beyond Synth podcast and Andy's spaceship. Also, a huge thank you to the artists that come on the show and the great music they share with us. I've been a freeloader for longer than I care to admit and wanted to right that wrong by being overly generous. It's funny to hear you and some of the other folks on your show mention their significant other's lack of appreciation or indifference to Synthwave. Two years ago, my wife and I went on an epic road trip and she was in the same camp, but by the end, she was won over, no doubt due to your hilarious commentary. Infectious laugh and great cast of characters. Big shout out to Florence, Marco, and Mike. Long live Goldeneye, the best video game of all time. P.S. You don't need to read this part on the show and definitely don't have expectations of you doing so, but wanted to personally say, I found Beyond Synth when Chris Elia Lane was still in this world and always listen for your remembrance of her at the end of each show. It's such a kind gesture and, for some reason, always makes me think about the things I'm thankful for in life. A weird reaction, I know. Thanks for being a cool guy. Well, thank you, Mike, for being a cool guy. Obviously, I couldn't, uh, you know, my, my cool guy status is purely based on uh, the people who support this show and allow me to make it. Does that make sense? <laughs> I'm trying to do a circle of life thing here. But yeah, thank you uh, so much for your support. And uh, yes, GoldenEye is the best video game of all time, or at least one of them. All right, so I want to listen to this track and I've got some uh, stuff to talk about. This is from the soundtrack to the upcoming video game Narita Boy. And uh, the publishers reached out to to me to talk about this uh, initiative they're a part of this saving the arcade world and it's a thing they're doing that's also um, going on at the same time as them uh, gearing up a promotion for Narita Boy which comes out in a few months I believe the game looks really cool I think the developers were working on it like years ago so I, I recall seeing this trailer a long time ago but now it's been picked up by a publisher it's uh, Team 17 so it's the same publisher that um, put out Overcooked and a bunch of other cool games and so yes yeah, so we're going to listen to this track and then uh, we'll talk about some stuff. All right. So this is from the Narita Boy soundtrack. I think it was originally released under the artist Salvinsky many, many years ago. I think like four years ago. So they've been working on this for a while. You know how independent game development works, right? I mean, it's like, you know, a team of like two people working for years. And uh... anyway, but the point is, uh, it's a cool song. So let's check it out. This is Trichroma Sunset from the Narita Boy soundtrack.
All right, and that was Trichroma Sunset from the Narita Boy soundtrack, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Hugh Hefna in the 2666 Club, and in the $25 Club, we got Clint Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt, Newmark, Alex Ellickson, Neverman, Eurobeat Intensifies, and A Star Apart. All right, so what's this Saving the Arcade World thing about? I'm literally just going to read from the website because I'm very prepared. Uh, okay, this is on Team17.com. Today, we're launching Saving the Arcade World. Powered by the upcoming 80s set techno tale Narita Boy. Saving the Arcade World is a campaign that aims to raise awareness of the need to preserve arcade games and arcade game heritage, a vital part in the history of the multi billion dollar global games industry. We've partnered with three leading museums of games and play the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, the National Video Game Museum in the UK, and Arcade Vintage Museo de Video. <laughs> it's in Spain. Hold on. Museo de Videojuego. Is that how you say that? Videojuego. Museo del Videojuego in Spain to highlight the great work they're doing in saving the arcade world. Saving the Arcade World features a number of fundraising efforts, the proceeds of which will be split equally between the three museums to continue and develop preservation projects. The synthwave track Saving the World from the official Narita Boy soundtrack is now available to stream on Spotify and to purchase from dozens of digital retailers, including iTunes and Amazon, and all proceeds from the song sales until the launch of the game are going towards the campaign. And Team 17 also has a Spotify playlist, so you can go check that out. It's called Saving the Arcade World world and it's just a bunch of synthwave tracks they got a good selection here we got some robert parker some michael oakley sunset neon the midnight wave shaper sunglasses kid fm84 mitch murder you know so there's uh, there's good stuff on there so go check that out and hopefully in the future sometime i will uh, talk to the developers of the game on the show because uh, yeah that game looks really cool really neat style and with that said, let's uh, listen to one more track, and then we'll go chat with Roxy Drive, okay? So here's one. Oh, it's from a bunch of people. From BTRN and Slick Division and Color Theory. So you get three for the price of one. That's very exciting. And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We're talking about Restless Nights, Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, and Monkey Magics. All right, so I hope you guys enjoy this track. This is Neon Lights by BTRN and Slick Division and Color Theory.
That was Neon Lights by BTRN and Slick Division and Color Theory. Lots of artists there, so that was a, that's a cool track. And it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. People like Kempson, Kenjuru, Martin Larby, Blake Peterson. And uh, we'll also throw in there from the Inbetweeners Club, we got Forged in Neon with the 2049 and Chatterack with the 20 and look i have to play you this trailer and then once i do we will go chat with roxy because i think this will sort of set up what she's up to well hello there little black kitties of the night come and join me your host deadly debbie as we go through my creepy files and listen to real life strange but true stories from people all over the world. Explore the weird and wonderful in my weekly podcast with Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files. <laughs> Ooh, that's some spooky shit. All right, let's go chat with Roxy Drive. Alright, and that was a trailer for Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files. Alright, and we're going to talk to... Now, wait, are you Deadly Debbie? Who's Deadly Debbie? So, Deadly Debbie is the host of the show. Um, is this a real thing? You're not, are you still recording? No, I'm, I'm recording now. I just want... <laughs> I want clarification of what I just played to my audience. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'll be Roxy talking about the show and I'll be talking about Debbie and the character that I play as Debbie. Okay, so all right, so I'm here right now. We're doing a little catch up with Roxy Drive. If you want the full Roxy Drive biography, uh, you can go back and listen to that episode of Beyond Synth, which is what the hell number was that? Hold on. I should know my own show. I don't know. I couldn't remember. I literally am going to SoundCloud <laughs> and doing the search. <laughs> 
That's episode 184. So if you can go back and listen to episode 184, and that was an episode I did with uh, with Roxy Drive, and uh, and we're here catching up because uh, besides making uh, cool music, she also has a new podcast that she wants to talk about. Okay, now it's your turn. Okay, yes. So I do have a new paranormal podcast. We're sort of at episode five at the moment. So yeah, it's going really well, really enjoying it. The premise of the show is basically a horror host like Elvira. She's got a lot of inspiration from Elvira. Also um, Morticia from the Adams Family and a little bit of Carol Baskin as well I threw in there. (laughs) So yeah, she's this horror host who introduces all of these creepy strange but true stories every week and yeah we have guest readers that read them out on the show or i read them out or sometimes we get the people that send them in to read them out just crazy paranormal weird encounters that people have um it doesn't have to be hauntings or ghosts it doesn't have to be ufos um it could just literally be anything really odd that's ever happened to you that you could put down in a story and then we we read it out on the show basically what's the premise of deadly debbie is she some kind of murderer (laughs) she could be yeah I'm sort of still working on her backstory. Like we join her in her house every week, her sort of home of horrors. And she has this pet puma, uh, Reggie. And we kind of hear more and more about her story as each week unfolds. And, you know, she comes out with these cheesy jokes and she's quite sarcastic, quite a dry wit sort of thing. And um, yeah, and uh, we just find out there's little pieces about her life. We find out more and more about she tells us about her relatives and stuff. So yeah, that's something that we've kind of interwoven in there as well. I've always been obsessed with the paranormal, like literally as a little girl. I loved watching, I'd say more sort of paranormal type horror movies than the kind of slasher ones. I'm more into the kind of haunting type stuff and the true life kind of documentaries. I just love it. I'm just, yeah, obsessed with it, to be honest. So to have a podcast where we get to kind of read out these stories, is just, it's great. I really, really enjoy it. It's good to have that focus because I know people are into, you know, like Unsolved Mysteries and stuff. Mm. Oh, Unsolved Mysteries. My God, I got completely obsessed with that. Watched every single episode that Robert Stack presented. Kind of went off it a little bit after that, but that's probably up there with the best paranormal documentary I, I would say well it's the best theme song for sure yeah. the only the only thing that always annoyed me when i was a kid i mean well that show scared the hell out of me but was the true crime ones you know what i mean like when you turned on to unsolved mysteries and it's always about oh is it going to be some weird fucking ghost or something and then it would just be like <laughs> this guy killed six people and left town and it's like oh it's a fucking murder one like and then it was just boring. oh really like, i like the murder ones as well I quite like the mix that it had, actually. I thought it was quite nice. Sometimes they were just crime ones. Yeah, yeah. They robbed three banks and they haven't been found. And it's like, what? Oh, I, I loved it. I, I just really enjoyed it. I think because of the whole Robert Stack thing and the way he spoke and the music, it made the um, the crime ones become quite creepy as well. It kind of added almost a scary edge to those as well, you know? Like, we had a show here in the UK called Crime Watch and it was really scary just talking about burglars and you know sort of crimes and stuff that happen and but it was really scary to watch you know like just the, the music and the way they kind of reconstructed it so yeah i don't know i loved unsolved mysteries it was yeah it was a mix but i just yeah i think it's just such a great show they did a pretty good job of casting people who actually looked like the people in the reenactments yeah they did and they used they actually used the real people a lot of the time yeah cuz there were some shows where they would <laughs> <laughs> like those true to life shows and they would just do these reenactments and then like hire like an attractive couple to play the people and then you see the real people and you're like what the hell like <laughs> 
yeah, they look a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I noticed when I was watching it, like, oh, okay, they use the actual real people. You know, it would go back to the real people telling a story and then you see them in the reconstruction. And it's, I was kind of impressed by that because often, you know, people probably wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought they'd want to be in it or they yeah. want to reenact, you know, whatever <laughs> they went through. Yeah. Anyway, so this um, is the part where my wife was murdered and then like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be weird yeah, to act in a yeah, skit. She was buried in the back garden. There was an episode that I still can't find of Unsolved Mysteries. Like, it's all on Amazon. Right. Amazon Prime. And I, I was watching a few. And when I was a kid, there was this one particular haunting episode that I still think about, but I couldn't find it. And it was this lady who, her house was being haunted. And there was the ghost of, like, a this old man who, like, hovered over her bed. She, like, pulled down the covers and there was just the specter of this fucking old man, like, over the bed. And then, like, blood plasma was dripping from her kitchen cupboards. And then one day there was, like, a glowing orb in her, in her house and she followed it because it, like, floated out of the house. And then it, like, went, led her to the graveyard and like hovered over the grave and I still can't find that damn episode because I don't it doesn't quite give you a description of what the because they give names to all the stories yeah so it's like you know this week is like you know the deadly twosome uh, fright on the river you know and so I, I'm like I, was this a fright on the river was this like a scary house like I don't know what the hell the story was even called yeah, no, I can't remember I just can't recall that one actually I know it was Unsolved Mysteries I think right. I mean because there were other paranormal shows but I'm fairly certain it was because it was really spooky and when they showed the picture <laughs> when the lady gave the description of what the old man ghost looked like over a bed, like it was fucking terrifying. <laughs> like it just, oh, no. you know, this fucking old withered old man with his arms out and like the sunken oh. in, like no eyes, you know, and it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that sounds really gruesome. Like, I don't recall that being on Unsolved. Was that when Robert Stack was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the only Unsolved Mysteries that counts to me. Like, I never even knew Dennis Farina hosted it until later on, where it's just like, I'm like, what, they still did Unsolved Mysteries after Robert Stack? Like, I thought it was just a Robert Stack show, and then when he stopped, they stopped. No, they kept going, didn't they? Yeah, but but then they they changed the whole format of the show. You know, the music changed, the theme tune just seemed to get worse and worse. They kept changing it, and, and just the whole, the reconstructions weren't as good anymore, and... Yeah, it just kind of went down the pan, really, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, how about this? Uh, We'll we'll talk for a few more minutes, but I want to listen to a track. We'll listen to some Roxy Drive. This isn't Deadly Debbie. This is some Roxy Drive music. Um, I think this is one you did with uh, Celerect, uh, L.A. Dreams, called Never Find Another. Yep, that's the one. And uh, let's listen to that. This is Never Find Another by Roxy Drive.
right, and that was Never Find Another from Roxy Drive and Cellar Act LA Dreams. That's a cool song. And I'm back here with Roxy Drive. Of course, she's here uh, promoting her new podcast, Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I, do you add that in? Do you do oohs when you record the show? <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. Oh, you're missing a trick here. I was just trying to add a little something to it, but it kind of came out a bit, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Take that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a spooky ghost sound more than that. No, a, it's really not. It's not. <laughs> I'll try again. Ooh. There you go. That's better. That's Deadly Debbie's MO. So when did you guys start making it? So I kind of came up with the idea of Deadly Debbie like over a year ago, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. It was kind of the idea was to do a YouTube channel and she would be like this horror host and she would be introducing all these kind of old cult horror movies, you know, people haven't heard of as much. We kind of thought, oh, it'd be quite a lot of work, <laughs> you know, doing a YouTube channel and all, you know, the videos and everything and finding the films. So we kind of didn't do anything with the idea. And then a few months ago, I got into listening to paranormal podcasts. I just started listening to them more and more. And and I was just thinking to myself, God, I could, I think I could do this. You know, I mean, I've done voiceover and used to be an actress and all the rest of it. And I thought, oh yeah, I could use the whole idea of Deadly Debbie, you know, put her in as the host and and then have people send in their their sort of true life scary experiences and um yeah that just sort of came together so how do you get stories from people just asking basically just going on my facebook and putting out posts saying hey everyone have you got a strange but true scary thing that's ever happened to you please pm me so at first it was a lot of the people funnily enough from the synthwave scene actually who sent in a lot of stories so we've had some great ones from them and i've got an email address which is um deadlydebbie at mail.com so if people send their stories into there and yeah we just sort of ask on the show as well debbie asks on the show for people to send them in if we think we can use them we'll read them out on the show so is it all you doing the the reading or is there other voices yeah so i started doing it a lot myself but then we've got some guest readers in so a lot of other people now have just wanted to do it they've just volunteered which is really nice of them and it's nice to have different accents you know and it kind of keeps it varied it's not just listening to me all the time i don't have to listen to my own voice when i'm editing it which is quite nice and sometimes the people that send them in read them out you know read out their own stories which is really nice because it's authentic then isn't it when it's coming from the actual person it happened to yeah 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 do you do this like on a weekly basis or what's your schedule yeah pretty much weekly so thir- we, we aim for thursday nights kind of uk time i mean obviously you know what it's like it's sometimes you know one might go out late or or whatever it's keeping to a schedule is obviously you know it's quite tough but Hopefully, you know, we can get them out every week. We're thinking of doing like an end of the month roundup where we'll talk about like me and David. David does the sound engineering. He mixes in the music and the ambience and the sound effects and everything. So we were thinking of doing like an end of the month roundup and we just sit there and do a film review and then talk about our favorite stories from the month and yeah, that kind of thing. So what's the uh, like main focus of uh, of the Deadly Debbie stuff? Like, do you do UFO things or is it mostly ghosts? Well, anything, anything, anything weird and strange and true. Like, it could be doppelgangers, you know, like, oh, there's this person who people keep saying you look just like and they walk up to them and they're, you know, they're calling your name, but they're not turning around and no one knows who, the, you know, those kind of stories, weird coincidences, past life regressions, weird dreams. You know, there's so many odd and strange things that happen to us in life. And I think we don't always 
mention it or talk to other people about it because you know we're embarrassed or we pass it off as a coincidence or something strange and we just don't think about it but these make such great stories and yeah this is the kind of stuff I just I, I, I want on the show really and it doesn't have to be hauntings you know it doesn't have to be ghosts and that kind of thing so yeah anything anything as long as it's strange and true then it's perfect I want a damn doppelganger <laughs> Like the thing I think a lot of people get I don't know They have like some sort of pride Or something Where like they They don't like the idea of it But like if I met another person Who looked like me Like that would be so useful For videos and stuff <laughs> I don't think people Have a good eye For spotting other people's Doppelgangers Like I have a good eye for it mm. So like when I see someone And I go Hey I saw a person That looked like you that person looked like the other person. But I've been told so many times by people, they'll be like, oh, I saw a guy look like you. And it's like, because the person had like dark eyebrows yeah. and like kind of dark hair. I'm like, you know, that's like only part of the thing, right? Like they have to have the same <laughs> face too and body and stuff. Like that's part of it. Because that happens all the time. People do that where it's like, oh, like they think they see someone that looks like you. And, like, and I'm, I don't get defensive because I, I, I honestly want a doppelganger. <laughs> and so I'm always happy to hear like someone's like, oh, I saw someone that, that looked like you. And then I'm like, really? Like, you think all I am is just like dark eyebrows? Like, that's <laughs> what you think my face is? Like, that's weird. I know, it's weird, isn't it? It's funny how people see different things through their eyes. Like, to them, that person looks just like you. But then to you, you're like, no, it doesn't look anything like me. Yeah. You're like, what are you seeing through your eyes? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, what are you seeing? Because, like, when people say that about me, I'm like, so do you even see my face? Like, what? Like, yeah. is your vision just like a blur? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you even know what I look like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, like, honestly, maybe that could be it. And, like, people just are really bad at seeing. Yeah. Maybe you don't even know what you look like. Maybe your mirror's lying to you. Oh, shit, Deadly Debbie. Mm. Don't make me fucking second-guess my life here. My whole my whole See? existence is a paranormal... Uh... <laughs> it's just not even real. Yeah. It's just the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then what happens if you get someone who, uh, you know, says, hey, I got a story for you, and then you're, like, listening, and you're like, oh, this is just, like, a weird weirdo. I don't want to play this. It's just like a weirdo. What do you mean? The story's not interesting? or uh, Sometimes people are just weirdos. But that's okay, as long as it makes for a good story. Okay. It's, it, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, obviously, if someone sends in a story and it's like really, really short, oh, I woke up one night, I saw a ghost, that was it. You know, sometimes people do send in stories and they are really, they're short and it's difficult. You know, what can I do with that kind of thing? And I can work with them a bit and I'll ask them some questions to create a bit more of a story, you know, create a backstory. But, you know, it, it, it helps if they've got a little bit to them, if they're sort of, you know, a bit more detailed, a bit more like something quite interesting happens. What if someone like sends you a story that they think is interesting but isn't? <laughs> yeah, that probably wouldn't make it on the show, to be honest. <laughs> They're not paranormal, but like how uh, I'll always get like, uh, you know, the dryer will eat up one of the socks. Right. And then you start missing socks and I keep on going back in my drawer and like, I swear to Christ, I started out this year with a whole thing of socks. <laughs> like I had like 20 pairs and now there's like three and I'm looking behind furniture. I'm like, where the hell are the socks? I still, I mean, like there's something going on now, whether or not it's the government or, uh, <laughs> or oh, could be, could be. <laughs> I don't know. That pesky government yeah. messing with your socks. Yeah, man. That's that's my biggest complaint right now. <laughs> <laughs> government overreach. is <laughs> They keep taking my socks. Although one day I'm just going to go behind the dryer and there's just going to be like a stack of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all very good stuff. Anyways, look, listen. People should go check out Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files. Yes. Is there a website? There is www.deadlydebbie.com. 
deadlydebbie.com and um, all of the links are on there so we're everywhere that you find podcasts Apple Spotify Stitcher everywhere basically and um, yeah listen rate subscribe just yeah tell your friends tell your family tell everyone and uh, yeah spread the word I never ask my audience to rate and subscribe I think that's probably something they should do right I think so. I mean, that's kind of what I've kind of, (laughs) that's kind of the research I've done is like, oh yeah, you know, you're supposed to be getting all these ratings and and reviews. I think it helps. I think, I I don't see how it can't help because when people go to Apple and they listen to your podcast and they see all these reviews, obviously, you know, they'll be thinking, oh, oh, it must be good then. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Shit. See, that's the thing. I, I, I think first I need listeners. That's, that's phase one. Listeners. (laughs) You've been going for a while, though, haven't you? Like, for quite a few years. Uh, yeah. Since uh, 2013. This is season nine of this show. Wow. God. That is dedication. Yeah. Hey, man, I love the music, so I keep doing it because people keep sending me music and it makes me happy. Yeah. That's cool. So that's the bottom line. As long as you enjoy what you're doing and you're having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. It has to be something you enjoy or you just won't keep up. All right, cool. Well, look, listen. <laughs> good luck on your future endeavors. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> This is a silly sentence to say. Um, And yeah, people go check out uh, Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files, hosted by... Now, do you say, like, Deadly Debbie is played by Roxy Drive, or do you just... You don't even... Yeah, so Deadly Debbie speaks like this. She's got a very dry sort of voice, and um, she just... Yeah, she hosts a show, and uh, yeah, so that's her, (laughs) and she hosts the show. She's a separate person from me. I just do her voice. But yeah, she's a whole nother person. Okay, okay. So. Well, that's cool. And people get, uh, you know, they check that out and they can experience the many facets of Roxy Drive. If they want to listen to cool music, they can go to Roxy Drive Band Camp. And if they want some spooky stories of people who get their socks stolen by UFOs, they can go check out uh, Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files. Absolutely. And you're still doing music too, right? I mean, is that still... Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm working on a new album with Seller at TLA Dreams at the moment. So that's nearly finished. Hopefully March, April time that'll be out. So, yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, then you uh, have a good one. We look forward to hearing more music and we'll play it on the show and check out the podcast and all that stuff. Have a lovely day, Roxy Drive. You too. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. That was my chat with Roxy Drive. That was brought... What? <laughs> Roxy Drive. Uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Inbetweeners Club. There's Jizz Whaler with the 1986 and the 1985 Club. The Buchelman Sisters, Sarah and Rachel. Then there's Gene Creamer, Private Eye. Prophet of Jupiter, Hampus ML. Dennis LaFunk, Luke Jackson, Skywolf, Mads Baron Christensen, Retro Serenade. And we will never forget the immortal Chris Salia Lane. All right, so now let's listen to another song. And uh, we got a few more things to talk about. So this is Decade Defector and Steven Sims. I like the vibe of this one. It's cool. It's called These Games.
That was These Games by Decade Defector and Stephen Sims. And uh, that was a cool track. It was brought to you by my awesome PayPals. There's the king of the PayPals, Upgrade Jimpy. And then there's the Ross Conian and Brandon Morin and Ross Bruce and Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, Russell Nyes, Daniel Williams, Timothy Warwick, Jimmy Groon, Austin Whetstone, Jersey, and of course, Yota. So thank you for supporting the show. I have a little letter here from Stephen Field, a patron. I think I, I mentioned him on the show. Uh, he says, thank Thanks for the mention, Andy. I've been listening on and off for a long time now, and although I can't support you in a big way, I thought I'd at least do my bit. Loving Andy's spaceship, by the way, and I notice every little 80s Doctor Who nod, too. Keep up the amazing work. All the best, Steve, a.k.a. Galaxicade. All right, man. Well, listen, thanks. Thanks for supporting the show, and I'm glad you uh, you pick up all the references. Some of them are not very subtle. For example, the sound my ship makes is literally just the 80s TARDIS noise, although it's that mixed with another thing. But uh, anyway, it's all good. The point is this. Did you know that sleep is for the weak? That's right. At blacklightcoffee.net, we believe we... No. <laughs> I do not work for Blacklight Coffee. I'm just simply here to tell you to check out blacklightcoffee.net. Uh, synthwave Coffee. I don't know what that means, but if you go to blacklightcoffee.net and if you get some coffee and use the code Beyond Synth, you get a discount. I think the actual arrangement is you get a 10% discount and I get a percentage of the sale. Am I supposed to say that? <laughs> I've told him my goal. I love whenever people like reach out for things like this because I'm like, look, I, I I have a great and very loyal audience, but I guarantee that no one will ever buy anything that <laughs> is, is advertised or recommended on this show. But I did say uh, my goal is to make one sale. So I want to see if between now and summertime, someone will buy one thing of coffee and use the Beyond Synth code. All right. <laughs> 
That's at blacklightcoffee.net. Was that a good ad? <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, I was talking about blacklightcoffee.net. Saving the arcade world. Anyway, go get yourself some coffee. So how about this? Let's listen to another track, and then we will do birthdays, and then we'll chat with Acid Arcade, all right? So I want to listen to this one from Euless. He put out this little thing of theme songs. I think this was his song for his uh, Twitch stream. It's called The Garbage Greg, because his first name is Garbage. And uh, I hope you dig it, because I think it's a cool track. And uh, yeah, this is The Garbage Greg. I was just kidding, by the way. His first name is Greg. This is Euless with the track The Garbage Greg.
All right, that was The Garbage Greg by Euless. And uh, I dig that. You know, the way to get to my heart is with a cool bass line. I love synth bass lines. And you know what else I love? Wishing people happy birthday. So let's do it. Well, guess what? In a few days' time, on February 25th, I want to wish a happy birthday to patron Lucas Pirkel. Lucas, happy birthday! You're a cool guy, and I hope that Santa Claus brings you exactly what you asked for. Does Santa Claus make February trips? Maybe he does wherever Lucas Pirkel lives. Lucas Pirkel, happy Pirkel! Uh, anyway, look, you have a good birthday, dude. And would you be surprised to know that you share a birthday with our very own Florence? That's right. You know her as Glitbiter. And also, she is in the Dead Astronauts, and she's also part of the Beyond Synth family shows. That's right. You know Florence? Well, it's her birthday, too. Happy birthday, Florence. You gonna get a star apart to make you a nice home-cooked meal? Some sort of Star Wars paraphernalia? A bong? For all them drugs you do? (laughs) Anyway, happy birthday. Uh, I hope you're having a good one. And uh, last but not least, on February 28th, we got Night of Ducks. That's right, another Beyond Synth patron, Night of Ducks, February 28th. So happy birthday to you. I don't think I've ever asked this. What is Night of Ducks? Is that a thing that I should know? Is that like a reference, like I'm some moron because like, oh, you know, fucking Night of Ducks, it's from that fucking movie, you know? Is your real last name Ducks? (laughs) Yes, my name is Jeffrey Ducks. Ducks would be an awesome last name. I don't know if it's as good as fucking... What was that what was that Swedish name again? Fucking Burger Magnuson? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Burger Magnuson von Bialbo. <laughs> Anyways, listen, happy birthday to you. All right, so look, uh, we've had some fun here today. Uh, let's go. We just had a short chat with Acid Arcade. Uh, English is not their primary language, okay? So I'm going to be doing a few of these conversations this season where I reached out to people whose music I thought was cool but, you know, they don't necessarily want to sit down and have a two-hour chat when they're not completely fluent, but I still like to have those people on the show and share their music with you, and so that's what we're going to do. So I should say, just so you know, since they're French, so whenever they say video clip, that means music video, and he mentions the EP a few times, which is EP. Yeah, because that's how you say it in French, because in English it's EP, and in French it's uh, EP. So if you ever hear mention the EP, that's what he's talking about. And yes, there is two of them Jin and Jack. Jack just speaks the better English, so Jin is there. So if you're wondering why, like, she doesn't say too much, it's because she's just not as comfortable with the English as Jack is, but she is there. So everyone, everyone was present and accounted for, and, uh, that's that. Alright, cool. So, look, let's go chat with Acid Arcade. Well, I am here right now with Acid Arcade, uh, Jack and Jin, is that correct? Yes, yeah. hi. Hi. So, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about about yourself? Who who are you guys? So, well, uh, we are Jack and Jin. We are coming from the future, uh, and uh, we make music since... Uh, one year, and uh, we discovered Synthwave last year, and uh, that was uh, really interesting for us to start making it, and that's it. 
So <laughs> did you have another music project before this? Uh, before this, we, we used to make uh, a little bit of uh, rock music, but it doesn't really sound good. So we tried uh, another kind of music and then we start uh, making a uh, synthwave. Did you release that music? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> it was just uh, maybe one year uh, doing because I was uh, doing guitar so I was trying to do a little bit music but before that we were uh, making short movies in the cinema industry and uh, now we, we, we started to do music but uh, rock wasn't uh, really our thing we think so have you guys always worked together like on other projects yes, yes. actually uh, the, the rock project it was together but uh, it was unreleased our first EP is our first real project with uh, Gina and I Right, right. And these are aliases, right? Like these are nicknames? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, when you said you were doing short films and stuff, what was that about? Uh, we are doing a short film about uh, science fiction and uh, maybe fantastic movie uh, or a horror film. We, we liked it. And uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I like any sentence that just ends with, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you work together on the short films as well, or is that something else? Yeah, she yes. she, she was a kind of my script doctor mm. in the movie, and uh, sometimes she act, and uh, that's it. I was assistant <laughs> director. Ah, okay. I was assistant director. Wait, so do you have those online? Actually, yes, but if we say it, uh, it would be our real name, so no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like when people like to have their uh, secret life. Yes. Yes. I guess, what are your roles in Acid Arcade? Like, so what do you guys do? I'm writing lyrics and uh, I'm singing and uh, I give him... Uh, advice. She advices. gives me advice and uh, I'm the composer and I sing too. And uh, she makes uh, artwork. And uh, for our first clip, she... she I'm co-art uh, director. Yeah, she's co-art director. We are together, art director. And uh, for the first video clip of uh, Roma, she was making the, the drawing, the art. Yes. And uh, I was making the animation. So it's like a, a total collaboration. Exactly. That's cool. Well, how about this? Let's listen to a track and then we will uh, we'll keep talking. Okay. Okay, let's go. So this is uh, Walk Alone by Acid Arcade.
right, and that was Walk Alone by Acid Arcade, and I am here right now. I've been chatting with Acid Arcade, Jack and Jin. Yeah, you want to tell me a bit about that song, Walk Alone? It was a song we wrote together, uh, me and Jin. It's a real story about some of our friends. It's a song uh, about uh, our friend who is working in an, an office. And he's really upset because of the the other people have a, a good life and always uh, seems interesting and speak together. And he feels alone. And then he he wants to go out and walk alone. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing so far is that that's it. Every time you're finished, it's awesome. When you guys are working on the music, then what is the first thing that you do? I mean, Jin, are you writing lyrics first, or do you wait to hear the music before you write the lyrics? Uh, usually, we hear some synthwave music and we copy it. No, 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 I'm no, 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 no. Uh, that's one of my greatest fear. It's to do something that uh, looks too much like another thing. So, but uh, most of the time, we make the music first of all, and after. We we sing like la 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 yeah yeah and after we write the lyrics and right so so then you do uh, you you come up with the melodies first and then try and sort of fill it out with the lyrics yeah that's it how long were you guys working on this uh, album uh, it took us uh, three months to make the seven tracks because I think JST Records sent this to me mm-hmm. so how, how did you get in contact with them actually it, it was a uh, Jean she sent uh, mails to some uh, good um, labels and uh, a, a few labels uh, answer maybe five label answers to us and then we, we talked with them and uh, we felt good with uh, Jet Set Trash he was giving us good advice because first of all we sent him like uh, five tracks and uh, two of those tracks weren't really a synthwave but we, we didn't really know what was synthwave so it was more maybe a synth pop or thing like this and he was asking us good question he was asking us uh, do you really want to do synthwave or or synth cyberpunk or synth pop or what do you want to do so it was really good for us to begin with uh, Jet Set Trash because he was uh, giving good advice to us. With Jin doing the artwork and stuff, is that something you do professionally, like artwork or go to school for that? Uh, it's my only work. She made a, a graphic design school for one year, two years. Two years. Two years. Okay. <laughs> Um, Gotta get the details right. <laughs> Come on, the uh, art school uh, in French. École. École de... de design. École de design. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's good. That's good. <laughs> how about you, Jack? Like, what's your background? I made a movie uh, film school for uh, uh, two years. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it is going to become your catchphrase. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I did a film school as well. Oh, cool. But um, it was in, like, 2000, 2001, around there. Oh, I was in 2005. Okay. That would have been a bit better. I think when I went to film school, they were just making the transition from analog to digital. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they were still teaching us how to edit with, like, for one year, I was still learning with, like, VHS, like, doing the tapes to dub and stuff. And I remember thinking, like, why the hell are we learning this? Like, because I knew digital would be the future. That's right. Was that useful, the the school? Uh, the first year, yes. The second year, no. But uh, <laughs> I used their, their material. I made, with my friend, I made uh, 11 uh, short movies the second year. Because uh, all the the other students doesn't work and always drink alcohol and uh, then we, we took always the material and every week we were doing uh, short movies instead of uh, drinking. 
Yeah, no, hey, man, that's the best way to learn. Yeah. For me, uh, it was the classes that I couldn't handle. Like, I found going to class really boring, and it was difficult for me to learn, and I needed to just use the equipment. Exactly. So what you did was probably the best thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And after that, we, uh, I made uh, music video clips for TV, for MTV, for example, and uh, a lot of uh, French rappers are famous. In France? Uh, in France, like uh, Lafouine, uh, Soprano, Sadek, Yusufa, Orelsan. And uh, we made maybe 200 million views, but uh, we, we never get uh, one... Uh, one euro because it was on their YouTube channel. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that was good to, to learn. Yeah, for sure. But after after three years doing it, uh, it was a little boring. I wanted to do art myself and I was making art for the other artists and, and uh, after three years, and maybe 30 clips uh, I was a little bit boring that's still awesome though I mean that's pretty cool that's a large body of work mm-hmm. well look how about this let's uh, listen to another song okay I want to listen to Lost in the Night because that's a cool one and it's uh, by Acid Arcade
night, and that was Acid Arcade with Lost in the Night. And I am here right now. I've been chatting with Acid Arcade, a.k.a. Jack and Jin, talking about uh, film school and making movies and stuff. How did you get connected to make stuff for MTV? It was just uh, the, the artists who were famous in France. So uh, they, they put the, the clips on MTV, on uh, MC's, uh, W9, uh, and, and a lot of uh, MCM, uh, a lot of a lot of French and, and some international like uh, MTV. Like, how did you get involved with making music videos for like rappers and stuff in the first place? One of my um, friend was making an interview for a French rapper named uh, Lafouine, and he was sick, and he, he he called me and and asked me to do the interview. So I did the interview, but uh, Lafouine was making a, a street clip, you know, with his friends, and uh, they didn't uh, use the light good. So I, I was uh, giving them advice, and I put the light myself, and he was asking me what the, what are you doing, and I I answered uh, I put the light uh, better, and he was laughing, and after. He asked me, but uh, are you a filmmaker? And uh, I showed him uh, my, my works and he found it good. And, and after that, we make uh, we made one, two, three, four, five clips, but for free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, maybe the sixth clip, uh, I asked for money and uh, he gives us a little, little bit money, but uh, it makes us... Uh, beginning the rap industry right so that's cool it's all because of your initiative yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my parents and my family are absolutely not in uh, audiovisual and nothing so we, we have to start from scratch even for synthwave we start from scratch uh, so how did you two meet Gina and uh, Jack yeah we oui, oui. <laughs> like in the clip <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was in my car in my flying car and, uh, <laughs> and uh, she was naked but uh, the manager of Jet Set Trash uh, thought uh, naked was maybe too much for YouTube so we put uh, clothes on on them and then uh, they make love with clothes <laughs> <laughs> well that's fun <laughs> I wish all partnerships started that way. Yeah, but uh, in, uh, in in real life, without saying who we are, we have been together for six years. And we live together, that's why we can doing uh, music uh, during the COVID. Right, right. So I guess then, do you use the same studio? Like you don't have like two separate little rooms, do you? Oh, it's just in my, uh, in my, in my room. Bedroom. Our bedroom, yeah. Well, that's what happens. I mean, uh, for me, my office is the living room and it's also the dining room and the, you know, (laughs) everything's in the same place. (laughs) That's the future now. It's not as cool as it was in the music video. Yeah, that's that's right. Are you guys like working on stuff right now? Like what's going on? Yes, we are working on uh, a lot of things. We, We will be a part of a compilation. With uh, an, an, Persian, mm, Persian yeah, with record, maybe last month, next month, I think we we already record the the song for the compilation. Uh, we are doing a, a collaboration with uh, another synthwave artist, but we can't say uh, it now. But we are doing it, and uh, we have a we are working on a cyberpunk album, maybe more than ten tracks. We already did all the tracks, but it's not over yet. It's not uh, mixed. Like, what are some of the inspiration? Then, like, what are some of the things that you that inspire you guys when you're making the music for the new album? Uh, it's really a, a, a lot of uh, sci-fi movies. For the first uh, EP, we, we we wanted to introduce ourselves in synthwave, and uh, we were looking for uh, what, what we want to do. And uh, but the next album, we really want to make something that. Uh, 
more about uh, narration and cinematography. And uh, we really want to tell a story uh, with a, a new character, uh, which is a girl with, uh, with a lot of muscles and, and uh, stuff like this. And uh, with uh, her arms are uh, a digital gun and then can change to a uh, soul and things like this. But <laughs> yeah, it, it will be more cinematographic. I mean, do you see this project as sort of a multimedia project? Like, is it sort of an excuse for you to like actually do a music video and for you, Jin, to like do artwork as well? I think that uh, in Cyberpunk and maybe in Synthwave, it's not really separated the, the song and the picture and the art and the artworks and the cover. So first of all, we are making a, a good cover and after we will make a art and maybe a, like a animated art. And after this, we will put uh, every stuff we, we did and put it to tell a story uh, as a clip. When you're doing the animating, like what programs do you use? Uh, Illustrator software, Photoshop. Uh, After Effect for the for the FX. Premiere software and, Pr- and Premiere Pro. So for the uh, the new project, have you changed the way that you work? Like, did you use this EP as sort of a way to figure out how you guys work as a band? Uh, I always want to to improve myself and to learn. That that's really important for me and for us. So now uh, the difference is that I have a a coach for the mixing. So now 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 I, I make my own mix, but uh, it will be mastered by uh, my my coach, who is a uh, really 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 good and uh, he's an important guy in the industry and uh, now uh, we we had added plugin because the first EP was only on uh, Logic Pro 10 and without any plugin so I I put Logic Pro and uh, I start to play music with uh, my keyboard and my guitar and uh, that was it but now I have a lot of plugin of new new virtual synthesizer and uh, now I I know much more than I the last year about music about uh, frequencies about uh, about everything so i'm always trying to improve and uh, i think the next album will be more mature than the uh, the first ep and uh, there is more work on each uh, song because uh, for the first ep maybe it was just uh, three days for one song and now it's maybe uh, one week because uh, we really want to put little details and uh, and uh, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? Let's uh, let's listen to another track. I want. I think I played this one on the show before. It's an instrumental track, but it's really cool. Called Fury. Okay. And uh, yeah, man, it's by Acid Arcade.
Arcade, and that was Fury by Acid Arcade. And I am back here with Acid Arcade, Jack and Jin, and that's it. <laughs> so how do you decide which ones are going to have vocals and which ones are going to be instrumentals? From the very beginning, we know if it will be vocals or not uh, b- before even uh, doing anything. We, we think that uh, oh, I want to do a vocal, so I make music for it. And I'm looking for chords who will be good for for vocals. So we we never begin a music uh, without uh, knowing if it will be vocals or not. We we always know before. But uh, the next album will be uh, really less vocals, maybe only uh, 20% vocals. But there are projects with other uh, other artists will be really synthwave with, with the vocals. So maybe the vocals will be uh, in other projects, singles like uh, thing like this in uh, this year. But uh, the Cyberpunk project will be uh, 80% uh, without focus. So then what's uh, Jin going to be doing? Jin will be uh, uh, giving us advice like always. because Good advice. Uh, yes. That's <laughs> <because> <laughs> even, for example, for Fury that uh, we, we heard, I make uh, music, but so- sometimes I, I put too much uh, because I have a lot of imp- inspiration all the time. So I, I can put the track uh, maybe uh, 10 times and each time I will add a new instrument and a new guitar and a new and, and after she she tells me a stop uh, if there is too much instrument there is too much this there is too much reverb there is too much uh, delay there. <laughs> so it's really good advice even for the music without vocals of yes. course even the song without vocals they will not sound uh, this way without uh, Jean Jean is making the cover uh, now of the the next album and uh, she will she will start doing uh, artwork for uh, the next uh, clip video clip the next video clip and uh, after this uh, we don't really know what uh, will come after uh, the cyberpunk project we are focused on it and, uh, and after we want to do maybe uh, two albums a year that's what we want to do we think and uh, we, we are re- really proud because the we have uh, near uh, 4000 people on Instagram so we, we are beginning to have a, a little uh, listener base so that's cool and we want to keep on this way and uh, and make it grow if they want to hear more of us <laughs> it's nice to catch people at the beginning of their project and sort of see where it goes yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it <laughs> I'm so I'm happy now that there are so many artists, you know, coming out of France making actual like cool music. Uh, it makes me happy because when I was a kid, the music I would associate coming from France was always this old stuff with the that just was sort of cheesy sounding to me. Yes, you're right. But in in, in electro, we have a lot of good artists. Yes, Daft Punk and uh, Justice and uh, French Sons Neuf, and uh, there is a lot of good uh, French artists now in in electro, especially. Yeah, you're right. It's interesting. Yeah, because there's a lot of uh, like dark synth stuff as well that seems to come from France as well. I find it interesting. Yeah, 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 that's right. Although I don't know why. I think that if there is a lot of synthwave and uh, maybe cyberpunk or dark synth uh, music from France, it's because uh, me, I'm, I'm French and uh, I always used to watch... Uh, American movie and uh, international movies and like uh, Terminator, like uh, Alien. So we, we want to talk about things like this and, and not a love story in France and uh, like in a lot of French movie. Or so, so maybe it's, it's because we have the, the same, uh, we, we watch the same movies that, that American people are. Yeah. 
Well, look, I should say, yeah, like, listen, I, I want to uh, thank you guys for taking the, the time to talk. I know um, I've been recording a lot with people who uh, where English isn't their first language, and I'm just so, I'm impressed by all the people who, who are trying, you know, because I know it's tricky. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> for me, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can only speak the one. <laughs> but that's all I know. That's it. Uh, but look, you have a, a lovely day and keep on making cool music. And I look forward to hearing the next album. Yeah, in a couple of months. Yes. <laughs> well, you guys have a, a lovely French... I guess is it night? No, it's not nighttime yet, is it? What time is it over there? What time? It, it's uh, 4 p.m. Yes, it's uh, half past four. All right, so you got you got dinner to make. Yeah. Voila. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. You guys take care. Okay, you too. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, that was my conversation with Acid Arcade and my catch-up with Roxy Drive. Go check out Deadly Debbie's Spooky... Was it? Creepy Files? <laughs> Deadly Debbie's Spooky Stories. Uh, Deadly Debbie's Creepy... It is Creepy Files, right? Fuck me. Hold on. (laughs) You'd think I just listened to the show and I would remember this. Yes, it is Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files, all right? And don't forget blacklightcoffee.net. Don't forget to check out Team 17's website or check out the Narita Boy trailer. That's N-A-R-I-T-A Boy. That game looks cool. And we'll be we'll be talking about it more in the future. And don't forget to support the show if you like Beyond Synth, all right? It's uh, patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Or if you want to donate via PayPal, you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the PayPal button. And I hope you guys have a lovely week. I'm going to go and uh, work on some Andy Spaceship. And uh, that's my plan for this week. So I will join you next time. You'll join me. Do I join you? What's happening? See you later. <laughs> Thanks for this was Beyonce. Double ball show today. Now shut up, the robot ladies got something to Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.